Welcome to the VVV Podcast. In today's VVV Deep Dive, we are joined by Anurag Arjun, founder of Avail. Avail is a modular blockchain solution optimized for data availability that lets you spin up blockchains in minutes instead of months. Avail eliminates the need for bootstrapping validator sets and tokenomics enabling developers to focus on creating optimal user experiences. So, hey, Anorak, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so sorry, yeah, I have no idea something went wrong, yeah? So the spaces just quit and I couldn't hear anything. So I think now it's better and I hope yeah, that we don't get any more interruptions, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Twitter Spaces has a slight problem because if you have only one host uh, and if there's a connection issue at the host, uh, it drops. So generally, it is advisable to have multiple <laughs> hosts. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah, to to select multiple hosts, then yeah, that someone could jump in. All right, yeah. So thank you, thank you, yeah, again for reconnecting. And I would say don't don't uh, waste any more time. Um, let's let's go into the first question. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you if you heard my question. Maybe I I uh, ask you again. So uh, I'd like before we dive into the project the whale uh, that you share a little bit of your personal web free story. And um, I think it's it's always very inspiring also for for myself and the listeners if uh, founders that already achieved something in in their career uh, take the risk here yeah, of trying something completely new yeah and uh, you were one of the co-founders of polygon or matic and uh, i think it would be easy for you to retire yeah on your laurels but uh, you decided yeah to to go into this new adventure yeah so maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the early days at at matic or polygon and about your personal decision yeah, to, to take this new step into the new project available. No, no, certainly, certainly. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, basically the thing is that, uh, you know, like when we started back in 2017, end of 2017, uh, uh, we were, we known as Matic Network then, uh, we renamed to Polygon later. But yeah, essentially, of course, you know, like uh, it was really early uh, in 2017. And, you know, like, uh, so we faced a lot of problems because we actually were like a group of three founders uh, starting up from India, which didn't have any kind of uh, blockchain ecosystem as such. In any case, the blockchain ecosystem was pretty new at that time. It still uh, is pretty early. But uh, certainly, you know, like when we began, uh, it was certainly challenging, uh, you know, like, uh, I remember uh, we struggled to get funding. It was when in 2017, uh, there was this uh, bull market that uh, came and then suddenly, you know, like there was this extended bear market. And uh, so we really struggled to raise any sort of funding from between 2017 to 2019. Uh, we, of course, raised like, some friends and family fund at that time but uh, uh, generally the first serious round of funding was when we did the IEO in 2019 on Binance uh, so yeah so I think yeah it wasn't easy to get into uh, 
space in general and also to start the company uh, before that you know like i was uh, had spent quite quite some time doing uh, you know like uh, product management and engineering primarily in the fintech and regulatory tech uh, area uh, i had done one uh, startup before as well uh, which didn't scale pretty well but you know like i learned a lot of things but in general yeah i mean uh, uh, of course uh, there were a lot of challenges but you know like i think we are like a team of hustlers and you know like uh, at polygon of course we you know like uh, jayanti kanani and you know like sandeep uh, they were great co-founders and we all had complementary skills so that helped a lot uh, so in general yes i mean i mean you can see right now the success of polygon but it was it took a lot of a lot of time getting there and we learned our uh, uh, you know like share, we had a share of problems but we also deeply now understand because of this experience the entire space uh, and what the problems of the space are and what what solutions structural solutions are required uh, and so on right like and so that's 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 basically the context and in general you know like uh, uh when we started out you know we started out with uh, uh uh plasma which was this off chain execution scaling and data off chain data availability kind of solution and then of course we pivoted on the execution side to rollups but uh, we knew that at that point in time that you know like uh, data availability was also a problem that's why i kind of started avail uh within polygon 2 years ago uh, late 2020 once we had you know kind of launched our pos uh, mainnet uh and uh just like think 3 3 months ago now like in march basically uh, we took a decision to uh, take uh avail out of the polygon ecosystem and become an entirely separate independent entity uh primarily because you know like uh, we this is like a uh, you know we are trying to solve a very pertinent problem in the entire uh, blockchain space uh, and you know like for those who don't know too much about avail right like um, what avail is it's a modular data availability base layer that enables any base chain to build on top and you know like if you see recently what has been happening is you know like all the developments on roll uh um so rollups have now considered to be the general execution scaling strategy and so a lot of companies are focusing including polygon on execution scaling uh, uh but you know like the data availability scaling problem still remains uh, and so what we think is that uh with the you know like the technology for data availability sampling and you know verifiable computation through zk you know like uh, there is requirement for a uh, radically new uh, base layer that you know like uh, excels in scaling so that it can support uh, rollups on top uh, and so that's 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 you know like basically the short version of our, of you know how we reached here um, uh so hopefully that answers the question absolutely absolutely yeah so congratulations yeah on this decision yeah so uh, was it was it uh, a hard decision for you to leave polygon labs 
I mean, start this because you have have a long history yeah, together with the Polygon team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say the mix of uh, both, right? Like, I mean, certainly hard, uh, hard decision because you know, like these are people who you know like I've worked with uh, for a number of years now, and you know like we gel pretty well. Uh, so, but you know, like in general, uh, we felt that uh, you know because we had been working on Avail for more than two years now, and you know, like it has really shaped up to be like a very fantastic piece of technology, and uh, it didn't really do justice to the Avail base layer to sit, um, you know, like within Polygon along with a very wide product suite, right? Like Polygon has a big product suite, right? Like it has a lot of solutions. And so I think uh, the decision was more about, you know, like giving Avail justice, uh, like giving its due in the sense that also positioning itself as a credibly neutral uh, layer uh, on which, you know, like all kinds of rollups can be uh, deployed, not only, um, you know, like polygon rollups or something like that, right? Like, so we want, mm -hmm. we want all rollups in the space to be able to be deployable on uh, Avail. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It makes absolutely sense, yeah, to open up the doors, yeah, to this base layer technology and infrastructure. And yeah, so our our research team is also convinced yeah, that the modular blockchains are the the key technology of the future. And I think yeah, there is a high demand yeah for different use case specific infrastructure. Yeah, so um, maybe could you explain? the major benefits of modularity compared to monolithic blockchains to our audience? Um, yeah. So in general, what happens is if you look at uh, uh, monolithic blockchains, right? Like that's how blockchains have really evolved over the years, right? Like we start with, started with Bitcoin and then Ethereum. And uh, so that's how um, blockchain technology has moved uh, in a monolithic manner. Uh, when I mean monolithic, what uh, that means is that you know, like there are primarily three uh, uh, attributes of a blockchain uh, or layers in that sense or features, right? Like, and so these are execution, you know, like settlement of finality uh, and data availability. Now, typically all of these are bundled together in a monolithic blockchain. Uh, and uh, so uh, that architecture has served as well. I mean, we have seen so many blockchains built using that and we've come to this uh, position in the blockchain space because, you know, like, uh, you know, we started with that and, you know, they, uh, they were pretty great for, uh, you know, like for the function that they were developed for. But, you know, like along with advances in, you know, like technology, right? Like so especially things like, you know, like what we use at Avail, something called KZG, polynomial commitments and such, right? Like, and uh, so a lot of things have improved over the years. And, um, uh, if you see now, even on Ethereum, right? Like, so you have Ethereum as the base layer and there are rollups uh, on top, you know, like various companies like Arbitrum, Optimism, Polygon, and others who uh, build now rollups on top of the Ethereum base layer, right? Like, and so execution scaling happens on the rollup side, but they use Ethereum for data availability. And of course, also for settlement uh, as well. Uh, so if you see any... Uh, given L2 rollup on Ethereum, that itself is the first step towards, you know, like uh, modularizing the architecture in the sense that, uh, you know, execution is moved to another layer and, you know, like uh, data availability and settlement 
are on other another layer and so what we want to really do is you know like take we want to kind of uh, build solutions and specifically like avail for example is is a solution that primarily focuses on you know like the data availability component from these three and in general you know like the idea is to build layers on top so that you know like all of these uh, features or attributes of a blockchain can be optimized uh, at their layer right like so execution scales uh, specifically at the execution layer and you know like data availability at, at its own layer and you know you can have finality either on a settlement layer or via p2p so basically modularized component as we go forward so that each layer does what it is best at I see. Yeah, I think it makes it also easier then for the developers yeah, to focus on on a specific uh, thing and don't need to bootstrap the entire ecosystem yeah, again. Um. Yeah. I mean, in the sense, see, basically, that is a certainly a very good uh, effect of uh, you know, like doing this. Um, in general, you know, like uh, what happens, you know, like when you kind of unbundle these layers, is that now you can create specialized constructions that may not be possible in monolithic uh, sort of situations right like so so mm -hmm. you know like think of uh, you know like mm, you know because of the rapid evolution of you know like uh, zero knowledge cryptography in general and of course optimistic constructions as well you know like if you want to do a app specific chain for example right um, today if you want to do it you have yeah, on a monolithic chain you know like you have to you know, like uh, build this, uh, you know, like validator set, which will validate your blockchain and such. And so you need to have like a lot of infrastructure and cost ready to do that. But, you know, like if you think of something like a optimistic app chain or a zero knowledge proof based app chain, right? Like if there is a layer like Avail, which offers consensus and data availability, the rollup can easily be built on top and you know things like app chains which previously used to take a lot of time to bootstrap you know could be uh, deployed almost on demand right uh, mm -hmm. and in general the developer experience also improves a lot if we move from like a monolithic chain to a more modular app chain kind of a um, construction uh, because if you if you see i mean uh, because with uh, monolithic chains uh, especially you know like what i call as shared chains uh, you have multiple applications operating on the same same state uh, and i mean we are seeing new constructions where there is only a single application uh, on shared state but it's still you know like there is always the problem of things like state bloat and such right like and so when you want to specialize the application execution for example right like you need access to more more modular components that can then work together to provide you know like much needed uh, developer experience uh, improvements as well right like so essentially what we want to do is to you know like modularize this data availability component and enable a lot of execution uh, environments on top that essentially reduce developer uh, friction for building uh, blockchain applications uh, and so right now you know like we feel that uh, the current application development landscape uh, poses like a lot of constraints on the application developer and if we reduce that friction you know like it brings in a lot of uh, 
new developers into the scene which then you know like increases the creativity of applications that we can bring to the general uh, public i see i see yeah so i i understand the the, the flexibility of this modular approach is a huge benefit yeah, for the developers but um, does it make the development experience more complicated compared compared to a monolithic ecosystem i think uh, at the moment we are still in the early stage of development of the modular ecosystem in general uh, we have to wait a little bit for more modular tooling to develop and already there are a lot of modular uh, tooling projects uh, that have already uh, are in development are getting funded are getting capitalized and such uh, but essentially there the path is now very clear in terms of uh so what what we like to say at avail is you know like what we want to really do is let's say make deploying an app chain uh on let's say avail for example as easy as deploying a smart contract on a monolithic chain right like so once we kind of reach that kind of tooling um, threshold i think it will be you know like there will be a lot of um, abstraction on top that makes it as easy or even easier than you know like uh, the current uh, workflow so maybe in mm-hmm. the you know like currently or uh, because the infrastructure is still very much in development and but we are already seeing like a lot of uh, uh, you know like alpha releases already happening for example uh, and you know like in the next 6 uh, months or so 3 to 6 months i would say Uh, this uh, ecosystem will rapidly mature and you know like at the moment it might look a little daunting to work with this but in even within 6 months time this will become much much easier to work with and we will see uh, the ease of use increasing quite a bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah looking forward to it yeah it's really exciting and yeah as you mentioned it's it's the early days yeah of this new narrative yeah so I've I've looked into the the modular architecture and there are really many different configurations and constellations possible yeah uh, can you provide some examples of of different designs that can be built on top of a whale uh yeah certainly i mean uh, of course there are a lot of constructions possible uh, but in general we are you know kind of broadly focusing on two major uh, class of solutions uh, so these are uh, sovereign rollups and l3 uh, solutions on ethereum so basically sovereign rollups are you know like rollups uh, built natively on top of avail so they uh, these rollups offer uh, execution environments or execution scaling um, uh, on top of uh, avail and basically use avail as a data availability layer and uh, this new this is a new construction which you know like we have because we have things like recursive uh, ck proofs you know like uh, like one of the projects that we work very closely with is uh, is called sovereign labs and so they are building a very nice sdk that allows us to kind of um, you know like build this rollups on top of a whale and you know you can have uh, verification or proof verification happening on the p2p layer right like so i mean there is a bit of um uh, uh, you know like system design there in general there can be a lot of trade offs you can have these uh, sovereign rollups settle on their own uh, 
थर्ड पार्टी सेटलमेंट लेयर्स सेटलमेंट कैन हैपन ऑन द पी टू पी फॉर एग्जाम्पल एंड सो ऑन राइट लाइक बट ब्रॉडली यू नो लाइक देर इज दिस होल क्लास ऑफ रोल अप्स दैट आर नाउ पॉपुलरली नोन एज सॉवरन रोल अप्स दैट दैट वी एनविजन विल बी अ बिग बिग सोल्यूशन ऑफरिंग दैट कैन वर्क ऑन अ वेल the the second uh, class of solutions is broadly the l3 or validium um, optimistic chains uh, uh, kind of solutions which are like if you look at like uh, like conventional roll ups or classic roll ups uh, on ethereum right like uh, so if you see uh, you right now the core cost of most of these roll ups is you know like paying data availability costs on ethereum uh, of course ethereum is you know like coming up with uh, like the proto dank sharding proposal for example which will be implemented uh, soon and those data costs will go down but if you think of you know like the l3 ecosystem on top of an l2 right like so so you can actually scale computation on uh, l3 but you can't really compress uh, data you know like like you can uh, compress computation the same way in the sense mm-hmm. that you cannot be putting like stacking roll ups on top right like uh, it's not uh, possible to do an l1 l2 l3 or whatever thing uh, because computation can certainly be compressed that way but not uh, data and so the question then comes to where does the you know if we have this thriving l3 ecosystem on top of l2s where does the data Uh, transaction data from uh, l3 is really set right like and so uh, so that is also a major uh, uh, solution offering that we will be offering on top of our whale amazing amazing so can can a whale be used as a settlement layer or is the settlement always done at the roll up level yeah so so it's it's so avail has a very new uh, kind of architecture so it does not have any sort of execution or you know like i might say like a very light execution layer which doesn't really do any smart contracts for example and such right like so we are you know like uh, focused on you know like just uh, doing data availability scaling because you know like the moment you put any kind of execution on the base layer it it kind of uh fails at the premise of dependability scaling and so that's why we intend to keep the execution pretty minimal and so you can think of uh, the avail based layer as not having any execution so the settlement happens on somewhere else now there are like a lot of uh, there i think broadly two options uh, where you can do settlement so one is of course at the settlement layer a different settlement layer but the most exciting one that uh, we are uh, you know working towards is you know like settlement on the p2p because avail it is mm-hmm. is not only a uh, you know like a validator run blockchain apart from the base layer you know like which you know like may have up to 1000 validators our main innovation is also that because we have implemented um, uh, you know like uh, data availability sampling uh, Uh, what we also have is a light client network uh, which is diff- uh, which basically connects to the avail validator network and the main thing about this light client network is that the light clients themselves also create a network between themselves and so and they 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 basically create some what is called a dht or a distributed hash table um, 
between themselves that also kind of uh you know like sample the data from avail and you know like store it uh, on on their network and so this this is a, actually a pretty interesting primitive to have like data ability sampling because now uh, instead of you know like uh, downloading all the data these light clients can do data ability sampling and within a few samples they can actually get a very high probabilistic guarantee of data availability it also allows us to do a variety of uh interesting new things right like so for example we can you know like embed uh things like zk proof verifiers on top of the light client uh, uh which can you know like verify uh state up to the latest state for example and and so on right like so so these are some of the nice things that are possible on top of avail Okay, that's that's really really interesting. Yeah, so you you mentioned uh, the light clients. Yeah, so I think the light clients play always a crucial role in the data availability, and I think the the normal blockchain user isn't really aware of this issue at all. Yeah, so maybe could you explain a little why light clients are such a big deal? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I think uh, when we when the blockchain space really started out uh, in general, uh, there is there are various implementations, and but you know like some of the implementations, like especially like Ethereum for example, and others take the view that you know like we should keep uh, full uh, the blockchain configuration in such a manner that you know like you are able to run a full node on a laptop, right? Like that's that is what certainly some blockchains uh, you know like follow uh, the philosophy mm -hmm. of right like and so the intent there is that we want more and more people to be able to participate in the network and not restrict uh, participation to only those people who have let's say a lot of hardware or can you know like basically run these big machines that can run very fat validator nodes and such right like so so the idea is that anyone should be able to independently verify now of course uh, uh general generally even full nodes are you know like uh, slightly difficult to run and so that's why you have like a lot of hosted full node uh, companies that do it on the users behalf and so generally the user just directly or the developer directly connects to an rpc in this right like because that is the ar uh, architecture that is available there right like with light clients what happens is you know like this is specifically i'm referring to da light clients uh, those light clients can mean slightly different meanings uh, when used in the con uh, context of execution but you know like what uh, avail light clients can do is because of this unique data availability sampling or das uh, feature what uh, they can do is you know like uh, do um, sampling uh, on Uh, via the full node or the validator nodes, and basically within a few samples, get a you know like a probabilistic guarantee of you know like let's say ninety nine point nine 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 percent that the data is available. Now, why this is important is because you know like it allows uh, you know light lines are so lightweight that you know like we are now able to package them to work in things like mobile phones, for example, um, and browsers, and you know like. uh very very resource constrained devices and so it really allows uh the end user to kind of you know like verify you know like blockchain state uh or so i think that's that's like a very 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 important attribute to optimize against 
having said that you know like basically uh light clients will slowly make their way into you know like your everyday wallets um and so most users will not even know whether they run a light client but but you know the access that you have to a light client through your wallet for example in the future you know like you will give you gives you trustless access to these systems and so that's a design worth optimizing for and so that's that's what we are very excited on that's i think that's really an important point yeah you mentioned that um i think that the entire blockchain philosophy is yeah that that you don't trust yeah you you verify and uh, i think with the actual infrastructure and and the, the providers here yeah, in this space i think we we move already into a quite dangerous uh, situation yeah that we have some centralized organizations uh, hosting a majority of the of the connection points yeah and nodes and somehow you also need to trust their information yeah so i think that's a, a really great great approach yeah to enable the users uh, to run their own validation with the light clients and to prove themselves yeah, if the state of, of the information is correct or not and you don't need to rely on the third party yeah yeah, yeah. excellent yeah excellent so um you you've mentioned yeah that uh, the light clients don't need to download the full blockchain history yeah to confirm that the data is is valid uh, could you elaborate a little bit on the process or the principle how how this could be achieved with the the data sampling yeah yeah good good question so yeah so in general what we what we use is this technique uh, of you know like erasure coding uh, and kzg polynomial commitments um, like while those seem to be a mouthful you know i'll try to explain what they are right like so erasure coding um you know like broadly if i were to explain it try to explain it simply is you know like this very um, uh, old technique uh, which is you know like which uh, which are used in compact disk and hard disk and such right like so so i mean think of this compact disk uh, that we used to have right like uh, and uh if there is suppose there is a scratch on the compact disk uh, uh so you risk losing the data where where there is a scratch on the compact disk right like so and so what compact disk manufacturers really what do is that they uh while manufacturing the disk you they kind of erase code the data so this is basically kind of a duplication of data uh via an algorithm uh and they do it in 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 a random manner so that you know like so even if there's like the scratch on the compact disk right like maybe one one piece of that duplicated data is gone but you know like there will there will be a copy of the data somewhere else right like so that that uh, so that is like a very basic explanation of what erasure coding is Uh, so what we do is basically you know like uh, take the transaction data that coming from rollups and you know like erasure code it basically duplicate the data and kind of uh, create this you know like m cross n matrix uh, uh, by and then we we kind of you know like create these kzg polynomial commitments uh, through which you know like we are able to efficiently kind of uh, sample the data right like so uh, in general 
uh light clients you know like so what they do is kind of randomly uh fetch uh, cells from this matrix and you know like because based on the the uh, general algorithm that powers this you know like you are able to kind of uh, immediately verify whether the whole data is available only by randomly sampling a few cells and because the sampling is random right again because of the construction right like uh, you don't really need to download all the data you are basically able to do this uh, by randomly selecting a few few cells uh, of course it, uh, there is little bit more nuance to it it uh, there needs to be um, you know like a multiple like the light line network needs to be uh, uh, like there there has to be a number of light lines that do sampling because mm-hmm. each light line does uh, you know like part of the sampling right like so but as a whole you know like you get a high confidence guarantee that the block uh, the data is available uh, i see i see yeah that was my that would be my next question yeah if there is a a certain threshold number of of light clients uh, to ensure that the the data is is valid uh, it totally depends upon you know like what kind of uh, data um, is being served so you know like so what we have done is 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 kind of uh, kind of you know like so yeah so i think yeah one more interesting point uh, regarding this is right like so 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 why is avail special right like in terms of like the block sizes right like so right now for on the current testnet that we just launched uh, the carte testnet you know like you configured the block size to be 2 mb like You duplicate it to be be erase code it to be four MB, uh, but you know like uh, the specialty of Avail is that we can actually increase the block size uh, using these techniques uh, because there is efficient verification on the client side. So we have internally benchmarked, and it's uh, you know there's a table on our blog as well. You know, like you listeners can go uh, to and you know like so the and on our GitHub also the benchmarking data is there. and so we are able to easily scale the block size from you know like 2 mb to you know like one like we have benchmarked till 128 mb and uh, even mm. that is not mm, not not difficult uh, and so of course uh, the uh, the metric in terms of number of light lines really depends on uh, what kind of data is being sampled and there are few other i mean factors as well but broadly yeah it it, it depends uh, on how much uh, data is are we talking about okay understand understand so uh, how how long is your block time currently and uh, yeah would the block time be a limiting factor for transaction finality for rollups deploying on top of a whale yeah yeah i think uh, so so i that that question is pretty or the answer uh, question is pretty or the answers to this are nuanced in that sense that uh, so basically what happens is uh, so the avail block time is of is at the moment configured at 20 seconds for a block time but you know like in terms of when you get finality right like of course it depends upon the base layer certainly but like if you see a roll up for example today on on ethereum for example right like so some you know like let me take the example of any any of the major roll ups right like so what you what the users do is route their transactions through a through a sequencer for example right like and so if you see at all the major roll ups right like the 
soft finality for uh, you know the transaction confirmation on the roll up itself is whatever the roll up configures it to so it can be as low as you know like you know like milliseconds or one second or two second right like and so that is what we call soft finality uh so most roll ups on top of avail will have some a similar kind of uh, setting very similar to what you see on roll ups today now the the actual case of finality right like hard finality is is of course dependent upon when uh, the transaction data makes it way into avail so so the hard finality you can you know kind of argue is at the block time of avail which is like maybe 20 seconds at the moment there is also you know like different ways of finality right like optimistic finality is slightly different uh, you know like uh, validity proof finality is slightly different and so i mean it totally depends right like i mean uh, but the experience will mostly be defined on the roll up on top rather it doesn't the avail block time is uh, doesn't play a major factor uh, for soft finality for hard finality yes uh, that is i see yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So maybe taking a step back and and look on the current um, modular data availability landscape, um, I think Celestia was one of the first projects that brought a lot of attention to this uh, new narrative. Um, what are the the benefits of building applications on the whale compared to the other existing DA layers like Celestia or I think Eigenlayer DA? plans a, a similar approach mm, yeah yeah so i mean uh, so the main difference uh, in terms of you know like uh, architecture uh, in terms of let's say celestia is that you know like celestia uses a you know like fraud proofs for implementing their uh, data availability layer and avail uses you know like validity proofs or um, uh, in terms of like kzg polynomial commitments uh, instead so we so like a major architectural difference is that you know like But like uh, that, they use fraud proofs and we use validity proofs, uh, and so that has downstream effects in the sense, uh, uh, in the sense, light clients don't really have to wait for fraud proofs uh, uh, for data validity guarantees, for example. So as soon as uh, block is finalized in a whale, you know, like we have uh, uh, data validity guarantees on the light client, right? Like so, so. uh there are some architectural differences of course but you know like in general you know like uh, uh both celestia avail you know like offer uh, a data availability and these are the only two solutions at the moment which have like a working testnet which has data availability sampling uh, implemented right like um mm-hmm. i as far as i know i don't think eigen da has data availability sampling implemented uh, yet uh um in general you know like um data availability at the base layer is, is a important problem right like and so right now all the activity uh, is on you know like blockchains like ethereum in general and so even they have a data availability uh, roadmap which will take some time to build out right like so i think basically what we are really focusing on is offering this very optimized uh Uh, data availability layer uh, uh, so that you know like we can ha- allow any kind of roll up with you know like any sort of execution environment to be built on top right like and so, so the main thing is that you know like we because we built this uh, excellent 
uh, layer along with this network of data, uh, data availability sampling light lines, right? Like, so I think this is totally like a, a new innovation in itself. And so because the space is so early, we need more players uh, in the modular ecosystem uh, to come up, right? Like, because we also, like, not only from the base layer, we also need modular tooling to be built on top, right? Like, so that uh, these applications can, you know, like, become fast and scalable. Uh, and so... Definitely. Yeah, so I think we welcome, you know, like, uh, you know, like, of course, Celestia started our uh, their project before us, and I mean, uh, you know, most of all, Basam and, you know, like, the others are pretty great people. And so I think what we would want is really to kind of work uh, uh, not in competition but you know like together to create this modular ecosystem I absolutely agree yeah i think it is some sometimes a bit stupid yeah how those tribalism yeah is forced in in the web free space yeah that everyone is defending his project yeah and uh, try to push against all other competitors yeah but i think it is uh, such a, a huge, a huge uh, future here, yeah, with thousands and millions of use cases yeah, ahead. That uh, I think we need all the, the the smart people, yeah, come together, creating new stuff and uh, grow together. And I think that's that's also a, a very important aspect in terms of uh, the the discussion between uh, monolithic and modular blockchains, yeah. Because I've I've also seen that uh, a whale could be also a helpful service yeah, for existing layer ones. Yeah, could you elaborate a little bit on on those aspects? How can a whale help existing L ones? Yeah, certainly I, to scale. Yeah, yeah. So like I like I mentioned previously, right? like one like we are focusing on two major class of solutions. One is sovereign blocks. The second is you know like what we generally the validium optimistic chain or you know like l3 chain uh products right like so basically because da on you know like layer ones like ethereum is pretty expensive right like and so that's why we we are now seeing this emergence of you know of course l2 is there but now the next phase that we are seeing is that people are trying to build layer threes on top of um, layer twos um, and as i said before right like so Computation or execution can be scaled like by stacking uh, rollups on top of each other. But you know, like uh, because rollups need both data uh, availability and execution, for example. So you know, like that, it is impractical to store uh, L3 transaction data on the on let's say Ethereum, for example. And so in those cases, uh, L3s will increasingly uh, uh, try to put data on transaction data on on you know like layers such as a whale, uh, and uh, thereby of course uh, resulting in uh, far cheaper costs uh, in general and also like a lot of experimentation. We 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 know that there's a lot of experimentation that is going to happen in the L3 ecosystem. So not only will we see let's say like EVM only chains, we'll also see a lot of app specific chains and such. Uh, um and and i think that whole the app chain thesis is you know like very much underrated for now we will see a lot of app chains coming on top of l2s like in the form of l3s and so so we will play our part by supporting uh, the l3s by 
providing the much needed data availability that is required uh, at at that layer amazing yeah amazing so um you mentioned validiums yeah could you elaborate a little bit on how validiums work yeah so so if you take an example of a validity proof uh, roll up or a zk roll up that is, which is popularly known right like so what it does is uh, so how it works is right like so you you have a sequencer that accepts transactions uh, uh, and then this sequencer what it does in the background right like it's not visible to most people but you can see it in the contracts and such right like so what it does it it actually uh, puts or submits uh, three things mostly uh, it can be transaction data or state diffs uh, uh, the let's say the intermediate state root data and the the validity proof or the zk proof uh, of of a certain batch of transactions so you know like so the sequencer is you know kind of getting the transactions uh, executing them uh, locally uh, and that's what you see on the block explorers for example and all that and and when they arrive at let's say optimum batch or a batch of transactions they will take that batch put the transaction data the raw uh, um, transaction data of those transactions or the state diffs and basically for those batch of transactions they will take the intermediate state root data and the validity proof or the zk proof for those transactions in the sense that those transactions have been uh, um, like zk proven for example and then they post it onto ethereum uh, at the moment right like so uh, 70 to 80% of our roll up cost uh, the cost which it incurs while submitting data to ethereum 70 to 80% of the cost is made up of data uh, transaction data submission costs uh, and so with a validium what you can what it can do is you can take the same roll up stack but instead of posting the transaction data to Uh, ethereum you know like you post it to uh, avail for example and uh, and what we do at avail is you know like additionally we we built a bridge a data attestation bridge from avail to ethereum and it posts the attestation uh, of the validator set that the that the data is available on avail for example and so rollups can now basically you know like check that attestation and then you know like be 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 sure that the data is available on avail right like so so that's that's roughly the validium um, construction um uh, hopefully i was able to explain it in a manner yeah, that yeah that was that was perfect yeah. yeah thank you thank you very much yeah it's always good to learn from the from the experts yeah and i know it's it's quite complicated to break it down yeah into a, into simple terms but you did a really good job yeah and explain it thank you so um yeah maybe maybe um look into the roadmap um could you share more insights about the the upcoming milestones that you're looking for and uh, the the milestones that the project already achieved uh, you mentioned also a testnet i've i've seen that you are launching a second version soon so maybe could you give us a, a short update on the current state of the development yeah sure, certainly uh so we've been in development since late 2020 and you know like uh, we released the first testnet uh, late last year and 
um, the second testnet just got released today. It's called the Kate testnet, uh, uh, and we've ship, shipped a number of uh, uh, features on this new testnet. Uh, it includes you know things like performance improvements on the P2P layer, like improved uh, commitment generation and such, for example. Uh, and and you know like a lot of things we have kind of uh, revamped uh, in terms of uh, spinning up uh, validators, for example, memory management. Yeah, I mean a bunch of things uh, which will which you guys can read out on our blog. Uh, but in general, yeah, the 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 current state of the development is that we are on the second uh, long running testnet, which is called the Carte testnet. Uh, the Carte testnet, you know, like we have named it after Professor Aniket Carte who. Who 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 authored or co-authored the KZG uh, polynomial commitment scheme uh, paper, uh, and uh, uh, and we are you know like on track to launch on mainnet uh, later this year uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, this testnet we are focusing on uh, testing with more validators and you know like a bigger number of light clients that will be run, run on the network. We are all, already working with a lot of uh, uh, modular tooling partners so that they can build roll-up in front top. Uh, and so mostly we are focusing uh, this on, you know, like stress testing the network in general, like the validator node network, the light line network, but also, you know, kind of partnering up with a lot of modular tooling projects so that, you know, like, Basically, um, they are able to deploy their rollups on top, and so we are working closely with a lot of partner projects uh, to ensure that uh, after by the time we get to mainnet, we have a uh, lot of high quality rollup infrastructure that is already available to build on a wheel. Ah, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. So, can you can you disclose any partnerships or collaborations? Uh, that you have established? Uh, there are a number of people who we are already working with and just recently, for example, you know, like we also announced uh, uh, a, a partnership uh, or a collaboration with uh, Sovereign Labs and we are actually closely working with them. We built out the, you know, like the DA uh, data availability integration or adapter uh, for the Sovereign Labs SDK, uh, uh, for example, and we are working with a number of other Roll-up SDKs and uh, um, uh, modular tooling uh, projects, uh, um, like uh, Dimension, for example, and other uh, Stacker, for example, and others. Um, and like, I would especially like to highlight someone like uh, some project like Sovereign Labs. Right? Like, uh, like I think they're doing something which a lot a lot of people are noticing is that now you're now once they reach a little bit more in terms of maturity, you will be actually be able to uh, uh, deploy a ZK app chain uh, on top of a whale, uh, you know, like within a few clicks or you know, even one click deploy uh, scripts, right? Like, and so you will be able to uh, actually have a working ZK app chain, you know, like that takes your application uh, logic and state and put it into an app chain and like without worrying about onboarding validators or you know like having having to come up with a token community etc for example right like you'll be able to bootstrap a completely new zk new zk app chain 
uh, almost on demand right like and so so of course we are working with other partners as well but you know like uh, uh, like we work with some of them pretty closely wow yeah that's really exciting to hear yeah amazing amazing so that's impressive so um maybe could you could you tell us a little bit about let's say the the target customers that you want to attract now in this current stage what what are you looking for what are the ideal partners for you now yeah yeah uh so at at this moment like for 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 you know like maybe i would say like up to um like the next three to six months right like so what we are primarily doing is uh, like focusing on two broad categories so one is of course the modular tooling uh, infrastructure providers so you know like roll up projects roll up sdk projects um, and uh, you know like roll up uh, orchestration roll up uh, bridging for example and so on right like so so we are looking to work with infrastructure projects in the modular uh, ecosystem in general for you know like the solid roll up tooling side we are also looking to work with um, more established l2s on ethereum uh, for valid solutions such as validms and optimistic chains and uh, on the on the on the network side you know like we are looking to uh, onboard uh, validators who will help uh, stress test our network and you know like help us in you know like building out the 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 future governance roadmap and such right like so and of course we will also be packaging the light client into easily deployable um, uh, packages so that you know like the broader community can also start experiencing the power of data availability sampling and such uh, so so that's 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 kind of the immediate target uh, i think post uh, this that this stage ends right like so once we have more mature roll up tooling on top uh, i think we will then start our outreach to application developers um, who can then build on top of this stack makes sense makes sense yeah will you also offer some some developer grants for early developers building on top of a whale in future um we we are certainly working to come out with a grant program uh, um so but we haven't finalized it yet but yeah certainly there is uh, we are looking to bootstrap a you know like an infrastructure developer uh, grant program uh, for now yes mm-hmm. i see i see yeah now it's a bit too early for for these topics but yeah it's always exciting yeah, to see the outlook and vision yeah for the next uh, year years to come so um t- talking about uh, community yeah so you have a, a quite a, a certain yeah customer uh, target uh, audience uh, with this more infrastructure related projects um what role does a community play in the development of of the project um i think basically of course if you, of, of course if you're a infrastructure developer please feel free to reach out to us if you are a validator uh, you know like please feel free, uh, free to reach out to us if you are just you know like um, a normal user who just wants to experience things like data validity sampling uh, how this future technology will look like certainly we are ready for that i think maybe the general community will have to wait a little bit more so uh, uh, so that you know like we have more mature roll up tooling on top uh, and um, and i think this will 
like uh, some testable versions will become available in the next next three months as, uh, as well. So we will be looking to kind of provide more of that for the general community to start using, for example. And so, uh, in general, I would say uh, primarily, you know, like to form an opinion on on this new new kind of uh, architecture that we are building on and you know like uh, to get a get a view of, of 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 you know what is going to like how future blockchain architectures are going to work at uh, so today we have um, you know for the general community uh, like we don't have like let's say apps for people to work on it but i think the next few months uh, we will also be coming up with a lot of those Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think the community is also quite, quite important. Yeah. For every project. Yeah. Because they are the ambassadors. Yeah. Uh, trying to push uh, also the, the idea and the concept yeah, out to others. So um, how, how can interested developers or users join the Avail community and how can they contribute to the project? No, certainly. Uh, so, of course, you, you guys, anyone who's interested can join our community on Discord. I think we have links on our website. Our website itself is, you know, like right now pretty minimal, but we are going through a, a re rebranding exercise and uh, our website will also be, my new website will also be up soon. But you can, you know, like join our community on Discord or follow us or DM on us on Twitter as well uh, in general. We are also moving to a more formal uh you know like code contribution kind of mechanism where you know like uh, we will be in a better position to invite uh con contributions from uh, from the community in general uh so so yeah look i mean we we will be announcing some of that stuff pretty soon awesome awesome yeah so we are close to, to one hour now in, in the AMA. So I want to be respectful of your time. So it was really great uh, learning about Avail today. So maybe as a, a closing thought, yeah. So um, in your opinion, what is the future of, of blockchain technology? And let's say in, in five years, how and how does Avail fit into this vision? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Uh, in general, I mean, uh, so because you know, like we we live in uh, you know, like crypto Twitter land, uh, uh, you know, like our entire days, right? Like so sometimes we get swept into uh, all the you know, like hype and uh, things like that, right? Like, but we we have to understand, right? Like, so in general, what what is the primary feature of blockchains, right? Like what do blockchains really bring to the computing paradigm, right? Like, and so, so, I mean, similar to how, for example, it's like mobile, you know, like brought mobility, uh, uh, or, you know, like things like, 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 uh, like a camera that you can take anywhere, for example, right? Like so location or something like that, right? Like, so, so a lot of, lot of things came up with mobile. So I, what I, what we believe is that, blockchains you know like bring this trustlessness attribute to computing paradigm and so in general uh, the goal of the community or the blo blockchain industry in general is is to figure out ways how to bring this attribute of trustlessness to the to the wider uh, you know like developer community at first and then of course uh, you know like to the user community in general right like so 
I mean, and so there's there's a there's a lot of uh, use cases out there that really need trustlessness uh, because 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 of the how the world has evolved, right? Like things generally evolved where you know like you trusted uh, systems or trusted organizations uh, can like maintain uh, uh, that balance uh, in the system, and that's how society has evolved. But it is, you know, like a lot of use cases where, you know, like you can actually replace uh, those systems with a more trustless model. And so what what we really need to figure out is how do we take this trustlessness primitive and really put it to use in places which require that. Uh, and so that requires, uh, you know, like fundamentally um, uh, changing how we abstract uh, some of this infrastructure. So that it can be used in you know like almost everyday use cases. Right? Like, I mean, uh, I mean just just giving examples, right? Like if you if you think about how escrow works in the real world, right? Like escrow itself, um, you know, like when when there are two parties who don't want like who don't know each other or don't want to trust each other, right? Like so generally they they do they take help of an escrow to you know like move funds based on some logic, for example, and so something like. Like just a simple example, like an escrow, right? Like that's a very sorely needed uh, thing in the real world, and you know, like it almost comes for free in, in blockchain infrastructure, right? Like most smart contract languages allow the use of uh, trustless escrow, and so I mean we have to figure out how to take these these primitives, these features, and how to package it in such a way that this is made available to the general. Uh, developer audience and then thereby to the broader community. Right? Like, so I think the main challenge is how do we take all these great infrastructure and then abstract uh, it in such a way that you know, like it it makes it way uh, to a more broader segment. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think there are really, really many use cases ahead, and uh, I'm I'm really glad yeah, that projects like Whale. Um, create the base infrastructure yeah, to to make this happen, yeah. Because I think that's that's really essential also for us as a uh, yeah a community and uh, in general, yeah. The the trustless narrative should be utilized yeah into every aspect in today's life, yeah. Because the technology is already there, uh, and I think it brings a lot of benefits yeah to to utilize it. So thank you very much, yeah, Anurag. It was it was really amazing talking to you. Thank you for your time, and it was great learning more about the whale. And I hope we can talk to you about the progress and the achievements of the projects in near future. Certainly, I was a great time, and thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Anurag, and many thanks also to the listeners. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, for your patience about the technical difficulties that we had at the beginning. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the AMA. So please like and retweet these uh, spaces to spread the word about the whale. And I'm looking forward here to see you in the next episode. Thank you, Enric. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published 
but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.